Hello, family, friends, uh, Facebook buddies, fellow podcasters, <laughs> uh, brands, businesses, solo entrepreneurs, and others that follow me. Um, hello and cheers to you uh, this mid-morning. I come to you today a very tired man. My buddy, Corey Finneran, uh, who hosts the Ivy Envy podcast, he runs a great business. Uh, next up, it's a curriculum for transition from high school to the job. And um, it's just wonderful to watch how much he's grown in the past few years and, and what he's been able to do for himself and his family and for others through his business. It's exciting, too. Corey told me the other day, though, he watched one of my Facebook videos and he said that my accent comes out a lot thicker when I'm tired. So I'm sure today my accent is on display. Um, but that's OK. I am a proud country boy in my own way. Uh, I'm proud of where I came from anyway, even though. Sometimes some of the folks where I come from are not always proud of me these days, I think. Um, I have differing opinions from many of them, but that's okay. I first and foremost want to tell everybody how blessed and thankful I am for the trip that we just took. But I want to tell you a story today. That's what I'm going to get to eventually. So hang around because I'm getting somewhere. I'm rambling, but uh, um, like Led Zeppelin, I will ramble on to the point eventually. <laughs> so... My wife and I, Kelly, just got to take this great vacation slash business trip to New York City and Philadelphia, something we've been planning for um, a, a little while. The New York edition has only been in the last few months. Philadelphia has been in the cards for almost a year, though, as it was the site of Podcast Movement 2018. I am thankful to have been at 2015, 2016, 2017, and now 2018 as well. That was my fourth year in attendance at Podcast Movement. And what is Podcast Movement? Well, it's a community, first and foremost. It's a community of podcasters or people who want to start a podcast. Or in the case of Timothy McGovern, uh, people who like podcasts <laughs> and who like the people who start podcasts. Uh, I guess, you know what, Timothy? I am also one of those people. <laughs> I like podcasts. I like people who start podcasts too. Uh, I, I have some podcasts as well, and I try to produce them on occasion as well. I'm inspired right now in the in the afterglow of podcast movement, and so I'm going to try to get a lot of work out for all of you uh, and um, for my clients as well as for my listeners uh, in the next uh, month or so. So stay tuned. Podcast movement is also a conference, though. It happens every year. Next year, it's going to happen in Orlando in uh, the middle of August. Uh, somewhere around the 16th, the dates elude me right now, but somewhere around the 16th of August, uh, give or take a few days there, uh, you're going to be able to, to enjoy about four days in a row of passion and productivity and podcasting. Uh, if you have followed me and you don't know exactly what a podcast is, I don't blame you. I don't, it's an interesting term. And if you don't, have it built into your life already. I understand why it's so easy to overlook and, and think maybe I don't need one of the things that I hear sometimes for people is I, I already, I watch a lot of TV maybe, or I read magazines and I, I read things on the internet a lot and I don't have time in my life for a podcast. I'm just not that guy. Maybe you listen to a lot of radio and you like the radio you listen to and you think podcasting would just replace that for me. I don't need it. Um, 
I would still suggest to you that there's probably somewhere out there the perfect show for you, something that seems almost as if it was only made for you. And in many ways, it was, my friend. That is the beauty of podcasting, is that you can niche it right down and make something specific for someone, something that strokes your soul is the way that I've begun to think about it. That's the beauty of podcasting. So Podcast Movement is a conference that helps people do that better. Uh, We talk about making money from your podcast so that you can spend more time and effort on it. uh, Or maybe you can reduce the things in your life that are keeping you from doing more podcasting. We talk about um, producing uh, the content, actually making better content, whether that's editing or whether it's a better mic uh, or whether it's um, just better experience of how to treat a room or Simple things like, hey, did you know you should turn off fans before you start recording? People don't think about that if if they're never told. So anyway, podcast movement can be really whatever you want it to be. Uh, some of the people that you could have seen in person at this year's event was Terry Gross, uh, one of the biggest names from NPR or radio, period. She's also huge in podcasting, and she spent an hour and a half uh, the very last event. Uh, Pat Flynn um, from Passive Smart Passive Income. He's a great name. He's been a fixture in the podcast movement community for several years. I, I think he's uh, keynoted for several years, and he was one of the first keynotes this year. Google Podcast, the primary developer, the lead developer behind the effort that they're doing to, as they say, double podcast listening in the next few years. The, the primary guy that's doing that was there at Podcast Movement. He spoke for about 90 minutes or so. Uh, one of my favorite people in the world, Pod Vader, Jay Soderberg, who is uh, the guy, I think, that's responsible for ESPN having podcasts at all. He wasn't the only one there in the beginning, but he was one of the prime movers for them, and he did all of the heavy lifting. I don't mind saying for him. Uh, and uh, he now w- is with VoxNest, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, those uh, companies all doing great things in podcasting, uh, and um, uh, he's doing great things with them. I was so glad to spend some time with him this week. The guys who run Podcast Movement, uh, four men created it, uh, Mitch Todd and uh, Gary Leland, Dan Franks and Jared Easley, but Dan Franks and Jared Easley are, are doing most of the heavy lifting these days, and they're doing a fantastic job. Jack Montgomery, one of their uh, big team members that they brought on in the last couple of years or so, and he has really added a lot. It's clear um, what his influence and what his presence and time have added to the community. We can see what you do, Jack. I didn't get to shake your hand this year, but uh, next year, uh, maybe. I had a blast at Podcast Movement, and uh, I got to hang out with some of my favorite people in the world, Ramona Rice and Mark Bologna, Chris Holyfield, and Jonathan Oakes. Uh, We missed Stephanie Zimmer, one of my great clients. We didn't see her this year. She didn't make it out. She had some other conferences she had to attend, but we're hoping to see her next year, maybe in Orlando. Um, I got to to see people that I only see at Podcast Movement, that I only really interact with um, through this community, like Wayne Henderson and, um, uh, uh, well, I'm going to forget somebody, so I'm going to try to slow down mentioning names, but there's a couple that I haven't mentioned at all yet. Monica Rivera, who I love, and and, and we're we're hanging out online, and we follow each other very actively online, but I, I finally got to spend some time with her uh, at the uh, closing party, which was great, by the way. So if you've ever thought about creating a podcast, if you have a podcast, but you feel like it's never gone anywhere, this is the vacation to plan. Just make it a vacation next year. Go to Orlando and go to this event. And it's, it really will 
turn things up a whole different notch. It's, it's amazing. Talk to me, um, you know, offline, contact me uh, on Facebook messenger or something. And, and I'll be, I'll be glad to tell you personally what I think it might could help do for you. So that's that aspect of it. I want to talk for a minute here about travel period and how blessed I am to get to do some of it. Uh, Mark Twain says, and I'm paraphrasing him, but he said that travel is an antiseptic to ignorance and hate. And it is. You cannot go to someone else's house and be exposed to the slightly different ways that they live without understanding better that we're all basically the same. Uh, I have been blessed in my life to go overseas. I, I went on a trip across Europe and I got to see a lot of things there. I've been blessed now in my life to go twice to New York city. Um, and I have traveled, uh, for podcast movement a little bit. I went to Chicago. I never would have gone to Chicago probably other than that. I got to go to Anaheim last year. I'd never made it out to LA, um, uh, until we went for podcast movement. So it's been very beneficial to me that I could tie these things to business and, and make it happen. Um, but what those experiences have enabled for me is just, it's eye-opening. You see the country or you see the world as a whole and you see the community of people and, and again, how similar we are no matter where we come from. My wife and I did a lot of traveling. We went by literally planes, trains, and automobiles. We flew from Dallas Love Field to LaGuardia. In New York City, we took a Carmel car, I think is what it is. We, you know, it was like a car service you order ahead of time. It cost us like 40 bucks total or 50 bucks total or something with tolls and everything and gratuity included. Uh, they picked us up at the airport and, and took us to our hotel in the city. Uh, that was a really cool ride. We took a bunch of subways while we were in New York. We took a train from New York, an Amtrak train from New York to Philadelphia we took a few subways in Philadelphia. We, we, uh, or I guess, you know, a train back and forth. Maybe that's not technically a subway. We took a train uh, out of town uh, to the airport. Uh, we rode a bunch of lifts while we were in Philadelphia. I think only one or two in New York City. We mostly walked and took the subway in New York City. And then we took a plane from Philadelphia back to Dallas Love Field. When we landed at Love Field, well, first of all, let me tell you how I screwed up Philadelphia's airport. <laughs> I told my wife, here's the plan. We were going to do um, all day on Friday. The conference was over Thursday. So we stayed Thursday night. Friday morning, we were going to get up, check out of the hotel, leave our bags downstairs with the bellhop, and um, we would go do sightseeing all day. And then the last train out was my plan. And I had heard there was a train ride at midnight. We'd take the last train out all the way to the airport, check in, go through security, maybe grab a bite to eat, and then get somewhere comfortable, charge our phones and our devices, and uh, <laughs> and then take our plane out at 6 a.m. <laughs> what I didn't know, and apparently I, I'm an idiot because this is very common, uh, the airport, the check-ins all shut down as soon as the last flight is out. So in Philadelphia's case, I don't know when that last flight was, but I think it was sometime around, you know, 8.30 or 9 or something. We got there about 10 o'clock and it had, everything was long since shut down. The terminals were closed. Uh, and 
not only were they closed, which meant that we could not check in, which meant that we could not go through security, but there weren't any working outlets <laughs> in the terminal, at least not the one we were in. And there was no, there, there were no food uh, trucks or locations or anything in any of the terminals that we could access. Now I, f- I eventually found out there was like a hot dog stand that was open in one terminal, but Kelly had specifically looked at the airport uh, like map, what, what restaurants were in the airport and said, yeah, I'll just wait to eat dinner until we get to the airport. I had already grabbed a burger before we left Philadelphia, you know, downtown. So we get there. She's starving at this point. It's a little after 10 o'clock. There's no place to eat. And there's no place for us to check our bags. And there's no place for us. To, we can't go through security. There's no place for us to even charge our phones, which are almost dead now after a day of wandering around in Philadelphia. I say phones, by the way. It's really phone because Kelly's phone died Early in our trip in New York, it died uh, like Saturday, the first day of our trip, really. And we couldn't get it to reboot. And we just decided not to waste any time going to the Apple store. So she's been sort of sharing my phone or we've been using my iPad. But again, both those devices were dead by the time we had spent a day walking around Philadelphia. So there we are in the airport. Devices dead. (laughs) <laughs> carting our luggage around, trying to find a place to to get her some food. Turns out we can walk quite a ways back to the uh, airport Marriott. And there's a restaurant downstairs in the airport Marriott that is at least for right now open. So we hustle our way over there. She gets a great big burger. She said it actually was quite good. It was a, it was a good meal. There were waffle fries, you know, the whole nine yards. And uh, she had a drink. And then we, we make our way back over to the um, terminal and just, Post up and wait. It turns out uh, they open a little bit more than two hours before the first flight. So the first flight for Southwest in our case was at 5 a.m. Uh, to Orlando. And so the ticket counter is all opened up at 3. So by about 3.30, Kelly and I were checked in. We had dropped off our bags. We had gone through security. We had made it to our gate and gotten posted up in some chairs plugged in our devices and started charging things up. There was a McDonald's right behind us that opened up about 4 a.m. I think. So we were able to grab a bite to eat. And then it turned out neither one of us felt like sleeping at that point. That at that point we were just going to wait basically for the plane. And uh, we were able to board about five 30. And as soon as we boarded pretty much, uh, thankfully we were able to sit together this time. We sat separately on the flight up. Um, but uh when we got boarded, we got settled in. I fell asleep immediately. I just, I, I, I begged myself. I was like, it's time. Uh, just like squeeze out all as much as you can to this three hours. So I was literally asleep before we took off. And, uh, I, I slept almost the entire way. I woke up a couple of times when I was, I was able to like just force myself right back into sleep and, and, uh, able to squeeze out as much of that as I could, which allowed me then to, to do the driving. And once we got in the car, I drove from Dallas to Shreveport. And then when we got to Shreveport, we had to swap vehicles. We had, my mom had had our van while we were gone. And, um, Kelly drove from Shreveport back to Ruston and I, I zonked out there for another hour or so. We were very, very tired, but all of it seems like it was just as it should be because of this story. And I'm sorry it took me 15 minutes to get to the point, but here it is. And I'm going to clip this out so you can uh, just listen to the point if you would like. When we landed at Love Field and we uh, 
got our bags and we got out to the place where we were supposed to meet our hotel shuttle. Um, there was an older lady sitting there on the bench next to us or, or on the next bench to us. Um, I mean, one of a million people you run into in the airport, right? I didn't think anything about it, but as our shuttle finally arrived and she spoke with the driver who was loading us into the van. She seemed very upset and it was clear that there was disagreement and she was so disappointed. And then he told her, please come with us. And she was going to get on and ride with us. And I was interested and intrigued by the story, but uh, I hadn't really been paying attention up to that point. I just, Kelly said, Oh, she's going to ride with us. So I shifted over, made a little room for her to get in. I helped her get into the car. She got into the seat behind us and um, she began to tell us her story. And it turns out that she had flown into Love Field, but she had made her hotel reservation for the embassy suites that was next to DFW, which is where most of the rest of her family flew in. There was a family reunion which she was getting ready to attend. She was basically, she had, she had flown in to the right airport for her. I think she got a better deal there, but she had made reservations at the other hotel and the shuttles don't go there exactly. But she had called, spoken about it, and had been assured that the shuttles run to both hotel to both airports from both hotels, which I'm not positive that they do. But anyway, at this point, when we picked her up or, or the shuttle driver picked her up, she had been sitting there for 45 minutes or so waiting for a shuttle that was probably never going to come. It turned out un- unless this young man had picked him up, had picked her up. The, the driver for the ride was also Kelly's pretty sure the driver that dropped us off on our way to Love Field at 4 a.m. or whatever, um, you know, several days before. Interestingly, when we get to the hotel, I am overwhelmed with the sense that this woman is going to now be waiting again at this hotel, uh, the embassy suites near Love Field, for her family members to come pick her up from across town. And I don't think it's that far. I think when we mapped it, it ended up being like an 18-minute drive. It was like 10 or 11 miles or something. But it's just another inconvenience when it's clear that she's had a long day already. And I was just overwhelmed with the sense that if this was my mom or my grandmother, I didn't know exactly how old this woman was. I'd really like for somebody to to give her a hand and give her a ride um, instead of making her wait even, even five more minutes. So we started to walk away and I stopped and I asked Kelly, I said, I would really like to, I would really like to give her a ride to her hotel. Do you think that is a thing that we should do? And Kelly said, well, I mean, I'm, fine with that if you want to do it. And I said, no, I'm asking you for confirmation that that is like, I feel led to do it. (laughs) Now that you've been presented with the opportunity, do you also feel like this is something we should do? She goes, yes, I do. I said, okay, well, I'll just go ask her. Can I just go ask her? And she was on the phone at that point. And so I just sort of mimed and whispered the words. I got her attention and I said, we could give you a drive. We could give you a ride if you would like. We'll take you to the hotel. And she said, wait, wait just a second. She said, are you sure? And I said, yes, absolutely. It's not that far. And, uh, we've stayed there before. I'd love to, we, we just, we'll just give you a ride and that way you don't have to wait. Our car is here. She said, well, you'll miss breakfast. The driver had mentioned that the breakfast was being served in the hotel and we could eat it. 
but I told her, I said, we're not either. We're not going to miss breakfast. We don't, we're not checking in here. We're leaving right now. So we don't have card keys for the rims and they're not going to let us <laughs> eat the free breakfast. <laughs> she said, are you sure? I said, I'm positive. Please, please let us give you a ride and save you the time. So, um, she finally did. She got back on the phone with her family members and said, hey, these, and she turned and I, th- I think she said these church people, cause we had mentioned in the ride something about, I don't know, something about us going to church, I guess. Um, anyway, she said, these people will give me a ride. They, they, they came in the shuttle with me and they, they're, they're in their car and they want to take me to the hotel. And so I'm sure our family members were worried about us mugging her or something, but, uh, they said, uh, okay, so we'll see you in a few minutes. So we went downstairs, uh, or actually I went downstairs, got the truck and came around and picked Kelly and, um, her up. And when she got in the vehicle at that point, I realized that I had not asked her name. I didn't know this woman's name. And, uh, I've, I've loaded her bags in and, uh, Kelly's sitting in the back and she's sitting in the front with me. And, uh, as she's getting in, she, you know, buckles her seatbelt. And I put my hand out and I say, ma'am, it occurs to me that I have not asked your name. I'm, I'm Joel Sharpton. Nice to meet you. And she shakes my hand and she says, hello. Thank you, Joel. I'm hope. We picked up hope at the airport yesterday or yeah, yesterday. (laughs) I am tired. I'm getting my days confused. Hope was 80 years old. Uh, she was probably, uh, 20 or 30 pounds lighter than my grandmother was, uh, in her prime, as far as I remember her, but she reminded me a lot of my Nana and, uh, picking her up was the highlight of my trip. We, uh, we drove her about. 18 minutes. The GPS was just right. We drove about 18 minutes. It was 11 miles or so to the other um, embassy suites, which Kelly and I are right. We've stayed at that one <laughs> several times before. I like that one better than the one we stayed in at, at Love Field, actually. Don't tell them. <laughs> Maybe they'll revoke some of my points. Anyway, Hope was delightful. and She was headed to a family reunion where she said that um, sometimes... Explaining how she fits in is a little awkward because families are complicated, (laughs) which is a story that I've learned a lot lately too. (laughs) Anyway, I had a wonderful conversation with hope. Uh, and it really was the highlight of what was a wonderful, wonderful trip, which I am blessed to have had. So what's the point? The point is when you are extra tired and the trip has been too long and your landing plans didn't work out like you wanted them to, but you have an opportunity to pick up hope at the airport to close things out, you should always add the passenger. Uh, Thanks to Jared Easley and Dan Franks. And uh, Mitch and Gary for building the clubhouse that we hang out in. Thanks to Kelly Sharpton, first and foremost, for going along for the ride. Thanks for Jonathan Oaks for picking up the tab at Trivia and for so much more, buddy. God bless you. I love you. Um, Thanks to Mark 
Bologna and Chris Holyfield and Chrissy for some really cool future business. I'm very excited to finalize that with you guys this week. Um, thanks to Ramona Rice for giving me my start in many ways. Thanks to Giovanna Rossi and Randy Wilburn for being there from the beginning and for being there at the conference and showing off for Pro Podcasting Services. I appreciate you guys very, very much. Thanks to all of the new friends I made, in particular at the uh, closing party. I ended up sort of holding court accidentally on uh, modern liberal theology, and uh, I appreciate everybody that, that deigned to listen. Please, if we haven't connected already as friends on Facebook and you happen to see this video, um, add me as a friend. All right. I am a weepy, uh, weepy guy because uh, of my uh, sappy story. And this video has gone on far too long. I love all of you so much. I love my life and I'm very thankful for the opportunities uh, that it has presented. And if all this podcast movement stuff sounds awesome to you, you can get a little taste of what it's like to go to podcast movement by checking out the virtual ticket. It's available for $150. There's a link in the show notes to this episode. Check out all the sessions, including mine on editing for a living. It's all in the virtual ticket for podcast movement 2018. Check the show notes. I am going to work right now on an episode of Trivial Warfare to start with. That's the next thing off my plate. I'm finalizing episode 178 to send off to Jonathan so that he can stay on top. That guy has done a tremendous amount of traveling uh, over the last month or so already, and he's got more for the next month or so, and yet he's still going to stay on a weekly release schedule. Hats off to you, sir. Now my keyboard is on so that uh, we can stay on time. Propodcastingservices.com if you ever need help in uh, the production. Thanks to everybody that I've forgotten to mention. Joel out. Always Listening is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find all our reviews by searching Always Listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or Google Play Music app. Also, you can find us anytime at alwayslisteningpod.com or email us at alwayslisteningpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Enough by Bethany Rayburn.
two guys and a rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is The Network.